love the words of that song. He writes our story and he holds it all together. I love that. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today is our stories, our moments in life. And we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11, you have all these stories of these great men and women of the Old Testament that it's like, wow, these people took advantage of the moments of their life, right? I mean, God gave them an opportunity and they, they did it. And I want to read to you, starting in Hebrews chapter 12, right after we hear about all them, uh, the writer says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, so he's talking about all these people that took advantage of the moments that God gave them. And, and then it says, you know, with, in sight of all these people, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Uh, almost a hundred years ago, now before I tell you that, before we go back a hundred years, I, I, I always had this desire. We all watch the Olympics, right? You guys like the Olympics. Who doesn't like the Olympics? And I've always wondered, what would it feel like to win an Olympic gold medal? Could you even imagine standing on the podium, the national anthem's playing, and you're in front, everyone in the world's watching you. Can you imagine that? Now, now you go back 100 years, and the Olympics wasn't quite like it is today. There wasn't quite as much media coverage, because there wasn't any, right? But, but it was still this huge event. And if you go to 1924, it, the the Olympics had become this worldwide event. It was the sporting event of the world. Everyone watched it. And so you could imagine the excitement if you were one of those people. Well, this guy named Eric, he was one of those people. He was, he was a Scottish guy, and he was the fastest man in the world at the time. In fact, he ran, it was a 100-yard sprint at the time instead of a 100-meter, but he held the record. He was the fastest man in the world. He didn't lose a single race in 1923. And going into 1924, that summer, he was obviously pegged to win the Olympics, to win the gold medal in the 100 meter. And about two months before the Olympics, they put out the race schedule. And the finals for the 100-yard sprint was going to be on a Sunday. And Eric was quite disappointed with that because he was a Christian raised by missionaries and he felt like it was wrong for him to run on Sunday. He had that conviction. And now I'm thinking, how? <laughs> you're, this is, you've been building for this, right? And now because it's on a Sunday, you're going to go, well, there's that chance of winning a gold medal. Now I don't feel the same way Eric does about running on Sunday, but Eric, he held to the convictions. And he told the world, I'm going to run because it's on a Sunday. And I believe that's a day. So he backs out of the 100-yard sprint. His country was furious with him. They called him a traitor. <laughs> they were so upset with him. And, and so he doesn't win the gold medal. He didn't even run in the race. But he did go ahead and enter another race. He entered the 400-yard sprint which would be the 400 meter now. And he got into that. He wasn't, that wasn't his best event, but he qualified for the Olympics in it. And basically everyone said, there's no chance that you're going to even qualify for the finals in this. This isn't your thing. You're and to sprint 100 yards compared to 400 yards is a big difference. You can go out and try it this afternoon if you want to. But it's a big difference, okay? So, so he, 
he spends a couple months, which isn't very long in an Olympic event, training to, to do the 400 yards. And he gets there and he makes the finals. And everyone made a big deal about it. I can't believe he actually made the finals. But he was predicted to take last place in the finals because he was by far the slowest time going into the finals. And yet in that final, Eric Little said a prayer standing on the starting line. And he says, I feel like, I felt like God literally lifted me up and carried me. He, he At the 200-yard mark, he was way too fast, the announcer said. He is going to die. And yet he did not slow down. He won the 400-meter gold medal and he set an Olympic record in the process. And he said, that moment was like none other. Because I felt like God carried me through that race. Now, I don't hold the same convictions. If I had a chance to win a gold medal and it was running on Sunday, I probably would. But he held to his convictions. And he believed that very strongly. And God gave him this other moment. It wasn't going to be his finest moment, right? But God gave him this moment and he took advantage of that moment. And, and I tell you that it, if you want to hear more about Eric Little, you can watch the movie Chariots of kind of old now but great movie great story but I tell you about this because I believe God gives us every moment that passes by every moment that passes us is a gift from God and quite often we just let these moments slip by and without even a thought and in here you read something like this about Eric Little and you go wow here's a guy that took the moment and he he made the most of right here and right now. And, and, and so often we let these moments slip by. And, and the thing about these moments is you don't get them back. Now you can't, they're not going to stop if you let you catch up. They're, they're just gone. And, and I believe that God gives us every moment of every day. It's a gift from him. And, and I would ask you to believe today that God gives you these moments. That he put you right here, right now, for a purpose. You say, I believe that. I believe that God gives us every moment, even this moment right here, on purpose. Maybe we need to hear this. Maybe, maybe there's something God's trying to say to us today. But I believe God's placed you here for a purpose. And I would ask you to have the audacity to believe that this morning. I, I think he's placed you right where you are in your life right now. On purpose, I think with the spouse that you have, there's a reason that you're with your spouse. There's a reason that you have your job. You could hate your job, but there's a reason that you have that job. The neighborhood you live in, the church that you attend. God has placed you right where you are right now. Sometimes moments just go right past me and I don't even notice them. And I, I used to like to run. I don't like to run anymore, but I, I run because I feel like I should run. And so a couple days a week, I, I run from here to the church, and I run down to the, the ocean, and I just run right along the ocean, so at least I get to see the ocean while I'm running. And a few weeks ago, I did that route. I got down there, and I'm running, and, and I've got this curse now that I'm a surfer. And again, I'm not a good surfer, but there's this curse. When you're at the ocean now, all you see is the waves, and you think, oh, I could be on that wave. I could be on that wave. It's some weird thing. If you're not a surfer, you don't understand, and I'm not necessarily a surfer, but that's what I'm doing. I'm running waves, and I glance back, and I see my friend. 
friend, my realtor, Shirley Slee. And I see her, and I, we, we love Shirley and her family, so I smile real big and say, hi, Shirley, and I'm just still running. And I just see her reach out her hand and go, Chris, Chris. And I usually don't stop when I'm running because then you have to start again. So I, I skidded, and I was like, okay, she wants to talk. So I, I came back and said, hi, Shirley. And she just had this look on her face. And she goes, Chris, John died last week. Her husband, 24 years. Her husband, they'd been married since they were 17 years old. Four kids. And all of a sudden, he died. And here she's telling me this. John's my friend, and they're our friends. And I was just, whoa. You talk about God slapping you across the face and say, pay attention. We hugged, we talked a little bit, and she started walking, and I couldn't run again. I just was walking, going, oh my goodness, what do you do with this? I mean, what a moment, right? And, and we have these times in our lives that, man, God just wakes us up and go, hey, life's passing you by, and you're not guaranteed tomorrow, so wake up, right? Sometimes moments slap us in the face, just like that. Uh, sometimes... A moment goes by and we have to choose to jump in, right? We see it and we go, oh, I don't know. I probably should do that, but I'm not going to do that. We see the homeless person. We see somebody. We, see, we have a business opportunity and we're like, I don't know what I should do. I read a story just the other day about two guys and a friend of theirs invited them to lunch and they said, I went to lunch and the one guy said, hey, I'm starting a new business and I'm going to give you guys opportunity. You can invest. I just need $50,000 from each of you. And they both laughed out loud. <laughs> and the one guy said, I, you know, I, I totally trust you, but I, I, you know, I'm not willing to do that. The other guy goes, you know what? I, I think I will. I think I will. And he, he gives the guy $50,000. A few years later, that $50,000 was $650 million because the guy that took him to lunch was Jeff Bezos, and he was starting Amazon. Hey, pretty good decision. And right? I mean, but, but we have these moments that go by, right? And it's like, do we jump in? Do we not? Is this what I'm supposed to do? You look at Eric Little. Do I do the right thing? Do I do this? I mean, there's moments that come and go, and we've got to make a decision. Then sometimes there's many moments that seem so unimportant, so unnecessary. And if I'm honest, I waste a lot of moments Every week, every day, these moments just kind of go past. I'm dreaming about, well, what was, or I'm worrying about the future, or man, I'm living life through somebody else by looking at social media, right? I, I mean, I'm wasting these moments that go by. I, I was surfing one day, I think it was last summer, and I'm out there, and I'm surfing, and before I went in, I, I passed these two. There's only two people on the beach, and they had these beautiful beach chairs, and they had a little umbrella, and there they were sitting, and I went out and surfed, and the whole time I was surfing, I was thinking, man, they're, they're loving life just sitting here. They look like vacationers, right? Probably came from the Midwest, and they're enjoying the beach, but when I got out of the water, I'm walking up, they're both staring at their phones. I was out there in the water, I even saw dolphins, and they're looking at their phones. It's like, wake up, people. You have the ocean in front of you. And yet, as I walked away, I thought, oh my goodness, how many times do I do that every day? Moments just go by, and if we're honest with ourselves, we've all wasted moments. We've wasted those gifts from God. 
Sometimes we're not paying attention. Sometimes we're afraid to jump in to the moment. We're not quite ready. Sometimes you think you're in a situation that's not fair. I remember when I was, I was working in an oil company and all I wanted to be was a youth or be a pastor. And man, I had prayed for years at that point. God, let me be a full-time pastor. And instead, I'm working for an oil company for over seven years and I didn't like it. And I remember telling a pastor friend of mine about, my, about working for this company and I, how much I hated it and I don't understand why I'm not getting this job. And he said something to me. He goes, Maybe God's given you this situation right now for a reason. Maybe you're at this oil company because he wants you there right now. And man, I started thinking, yeah, I think that's right. And so I I started thinking, I I think I could do something. Maybe I should start a Bible study. Uh, There was zero people that went to church, zero people that professed to be Christians around me. And so I went to my boss, Marvin the big wig. And I said, Marvin, would you care if early on Wednesday mornings I had a Bible study and just invited people to come? And he goes, that is a great idea. That's not what I was expecting him to say. But he goes, I think it's a great idea. You should do it. I was like, all right, this is, this is what God's calling me to do. And a week went by and a month went by and a year went by and I never started the Bible study. And I look back at that and I go, I truly believed God put me there for a reason. And what did I do? I did nothing. I just froze because I was afraid that no one would show up. I was afraid people would make fun of me. I was afraid that I would fail. And so I didn't take advantage of the opportunity that I was given. (laughs) It was a read through the Bible, especially through the Old Testament. And you hear about Abraham You go, man, that guy said yes to God and he changed the whole course of his family, a whole nation, right? Uh, Moses, Moses was about to retire, right? And he turns down retirement to lead God's people out of slavery. Probably becomes the greatest leader of all time. You can look at it and go, wow, look what God did there. And this man who said yes to God, David, I I love the story of David because David's a shepherd, He's a boy, a shepherd boy, and no one will fight Goliath. And he goes, yeah, I'll do it. And he goes from being a shepherd to being a national hero in one moment because he saw the opportunity and he did it. (laughs) As you read through Hebrews chapter 11, it's full of people that take advantage of God-ordained opportunities. And then again, it it comes to Hebrews 12 and says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by all these people that have done all these things, man, we should be looking at them as examples. And it says, Now let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. You see, every moment is a gift from God. And we need to stop and live these moments. We need to stop and embrace these moments. And just the very first thing he says is throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles you. And basically, I look at that, man, there is sin, there is distractions, there are so many things that keep us from living this moment that keep us from grasping a hold of the opportunities that God has. I I go back to Matthew chapter 5, and you have Jesus walking up to a few guys, right? He he walks up to to, uh, Peter and his brother Andrew. 
And he goes, hey, guys, come follow me. They're like, really? Just a random guy walks by and says, hey, come follow me. But what's it say? It says they dropped their nets and they followed him immediately. And then he walks to James and John, says the same thing. Hey, guys, put your stuff down. Come follow me. It says immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed him. And it's easy to look back at these people and go, yeah, they made the right decision. But what would we do in that situation? Well, I'm a fisherman. I can't put my nets down. I got to make money. I'm not going to give up my boat. I paid good money for this. And, and I love my dad. I can't just walk away from the family business. But here Jesus said, hey, come follow me. What'd they do? The things that were holding them back, they left them there. And I think it's pretty wise for us to go, man, what has tangled us up? What keeps us from actually responding to the moment that God has given us? What do we need to lay down? What do we need to get untangled from? Because sin does that, doesn't it? It gets us all tangled up. What do we have to get out of, put down, so that we can take advantage of right here and right now? And then it says, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. I I love this because I I feel like when it says, man, run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, it makes me go, okay, there's obviously a course that God wants me to run. It's already marked out. I maybe can't see very far ahead, but he knows where I'm supposed to go. And and so when I read this, I go, man, I've got to get untangled. And I've got to start going, and I've got to go where God calls me to go. Because why? Because it's already marked out for me. So what do I do? Where do I go? Well, the problem is I get all these ideas in my mind, and I know you do too. I need to go here and go there. And I told you the story. I never started the Bible study. (laughs) Never started it. And then I get a call from an old friend that says, Hey, I've got a position open in Bakersfield, California, to be a youth pastor. And my response was, Kent, I don't want to be a youth pastor. I'm not going to take that. And I hang up the phone with them. And then as the weekend goes on, I begin to pray about it. My wife comes to me. And quite often, God uses her voice. I go, you know, I know you want to be a senior pastor. You don't want to be a youth pastor. But maybe, maybe that's the course that God has marked out for us. Maybe that's where you need to go next. And by the end of the weekend, I'd called my friend back and said, yeah, maybe I am interested. And look what God did through that. I I look at those situations and I go, man, I know, I think, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But sometimes we have to stop and go, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? You can't do it if you're all tangled up, right? You got to get untangled first. And then you can start moving forward and going where God wants you to go. Then it says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Really, that's that's it, right? Uh, No matter what we do and what moments go by, we need to stop and we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Uh, To me, one of the most profound stories in the New Testament is just a paragraph. And it's an unnamed woman who's just watching Jesus. She's in the crowd and and she's sick and she's afraid 
But she knows that she has to get to Jesus. And as she's in the crowd, Jesus gets called away to go do some other miracle. And as he's walking away, she fixes her eyes on Jesus, makes her way to him, and just reaches out and just touches his robe. And when she does, he feels it and he stops. And he turns to her and goes, woman, you are healed. Your faith has healed you. She'd been sick for 12 years. For 12 years she'd been sick, praying. She hears about Jesus. And what does she do? She finds him and seeks him out. We don't know her name. But she was healed. The most important thing we can do in any moment is to seek out Jesus. To fix your eyes on him. You see, I believe that God has placed you right here, right now. And I don't mean sitting here on Sunday morning, although maybe it is. But he's placed you right here in your life, right now, right where you live, right in the job you have, right in the marriage you have, whatever's going on, God has you there. On purpose. And he wants you to fix your eyes on him. This week, there's a card close to you. It looks like this. You can take it with you if you want to. But it's just ask some questions. What do you need to get rid of? How are you going to get untangled from what you're tangled up in so you're free to go where God wants you to go? And then it says, what things has God prompted you to do? To invest your time in, maybe invest your money and spend, spend your time. What, what is it that God has right in front of you that maybe you've been missing? Take some time and, and pray and figure that out. And then, man, what do you need to do to find Jesus? What do you need to do to clear away all the rubbish and just fix your eyes on him? We know this life is short if we stop and think about it, but then we really don't act like it, do we? <laughs> we all think we're going to live forever. We always think, oh, we hear of that person, but that, that's not going to happen to me. But we're not promised tomorrow. So why not be right here, right now? Why don't we take some risks and be bold? Sometimes it actually means slowing down, doesn't it? Turning off your phone, turning off the TV, maybe talking to the people that live in the house with you. Sometimes it means, man, you've got to just take time to do the good things, the right things. And sometimes it means, man, charging ahead. But you don't know that until you get untangled. You don't know that until you fix your eyes on Jesus. I told you about my realtor, Shirley, and her stopping me when I was running. I was devastated, and still am. John was my friend. He was 43 years old. <laughs> you go, that, that doesn't happen to a 43-year-old. And, and this week, Lisa and I, we went and met with Shirley as we're planning his celebration of life, and, and we're talking to Shirley, and towards the end of the conversation, she's telling us of all these moments that happened in just the last week with her husband, John. She's a very busy lady. They live very busy lives. And she said, we, we never stop. We, we're always going. 
And she goes, but we had a friend call and ask us if we'd spend the day with them. And we, for whatever reason, we said, yeah, we'll take a Saturday. And they spent the whole day. And she said, I spent that whole day with John. And she goes, I am so thankful. And she goes, then the morning that he had his stroke, I looked at him. And he was petting their dog. Because he never pets the dog. <laughs> but there he was, just petting him behind the ears and loving this dog. And she said, what a moment that I have. And just before that, he walked in, stood up behind her and hugged her and said, Shirley, I love you. You're beautiful. And she goes, don't get me wrong, we had a great marriage, but we never took time to do that. But God gave me that moment. Every, every moment is a gift from God. And we need to embrace that moment. We need to embrace right here and right now. And I don't know how God's talking to you this morning. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe you need to untangle from whatever you're tangled up with. Maybe you need to just find Jesus and fix your eyes on him. Maybe you need to pray about that next step. Where is he leading you? I'm just going to give you a few moments. You can come to the altars. You can stay right where you are, whatever you're comfortable with. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. I'm going to leave you with this. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race worked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, meet us right where we are. We all need you. Wake us up to this moment, this time, 